0: offers to show you the lab at our campus where medical students go to look at bodies that have been donated for science so that they can learn about anatomy. Um, you say yes and pray that you don 't pass out in the process as someone who <laughs> doesn 't do great with those types of things. Um, that honestly is probably one of the strangest things I 've ever done while following Jesus, but i 'm happy to report that I did not faint, uh, and I actually found the experience kind of interesting to learn about um, the human body with my friend. Um, So good morning. For those of you who don't know me, uh, as Dan said, my name is Sarah. Um, I'm born and raised right here in the Gore, um, as we so lovingly call it, or at least I do. (laughs) Um, Oh, I can now go to the next slide. Um, I went through all the local schools here, um, and I ended up staying local for my university degree. I went to Carleton University um, and have a degree in history and English. Um, And it was while I was at... A university that I got involved with a group called Power to Change Students. Um, and our mission is that we want to change the world by helping university students discover Jesus. Um, and we long for a day when no university student graduates without having heard the gospel. Um, so this desire is not just for Canadian students but also for students around the world. Uh, it was through Power to Change that I had the opportunity to go on three mission trips to the United Kingdom. Um, And it was there that God grew my heart for missions and grew my heart for Western Europe, Uh, so much so that originally my plan was to spend a year in the UK, uh, but then God had other plans, and instead he called me to Denmark. Um, So what I'm hoping to do today is just to share with you um, a bit about Denmark, what God's doing there, share with you a bit about why I've chosen to go to Montreal next, um, and then also just to share with you what God's been teaching me over the last year as I've been gone, um, and even while I was preparing to go, and since coming home. Um, so why Denmark? Why would we go to a country that has so much, or it seems to have so much, that's known for its social welfare system? Um, Denmark is formally a Christian country, um, but has re- rejected its Christian heritage. Um, the Lutheran Church is the state church. Uh, however, the bulk, of the, ch- the bulk of the people no longer go. Um, Most Danes have been baptized and confirmed, um, but that's it. That's all that it means to them. Um, They no longer have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, They follow these traditions just because it's that. It's a tradition to them, and it's part of what it means to be Danish. Um, So being confirmed for them um, is pretty much like having a sweet 16 party for us. Um, You get a bunch of presents, you get a bunch of money, but there's no meaning to why they do it. Um, so the reason we went to Denmark was for a twofold plan. We wanted to encourage Danish Christians, and we wanted to share about Jesus with university students there. Um, so one of the ways that we would approach students on campus um, was through different tools sometimes. One's called Solarium, um, and another's called Perspective. They're out on the table out front if you want to see them afterwards. Um, Other times we would use a survey, and other times we would just go up to someone and be like, hi, my name is Sarah, this is my friend. Um, We're a part of a Christian group on campus called Agape. Um, We were wondering if you'd like to uh, talk to us a bit about life and faith, Um, and I should mention that Agape and Power to Change are the same thing. Agape is the European version, and Power to Change um, is our version in Canada. Um, Oftentimes, um, I think one of the most rewarding parts of this year was getting the chance to challenge students in their worldviews. Um, on numerous occasions, I would have students thank us for asking them the questions. Uh, why do you believe in God? Um, what made you come to that decision? Um, who is Jesus to you? Uh, what is the role or influence of the church in Danish society? Um, simple questions that have a profound impact, and I think I'm really grateful that we were able to challenge students and get them thinking about why they'd come to those decisions. Um, In mission circles, um, there's something called the engagement model. Um, And this is um, a series of major thresholds that people typically go through um, as they journey towards knowing Jesus personally. Um, So first, someone trusts a Christian. um, They start to become curious Um, then they will uh, go to the change stage where they're starting to um, apply the things that they've been learning. Um, Next, they go to the seeking stage where they're wanting to find resolution to these things. Um, And then the final stage is accepting Christ. Um, So part of our job is meeting students where they are and trying to help them journey to the next step. Um, And the thing with Denmark is most of the students there aren't even on this model yet. Most of them don't even know a Christian or trust someone. Um, so we were often the first Christians that these students were interacting with. Um, and so we believe that a lot of seeds were planted this year um, by sharing the gospel, by um, challenging worldviews, um, and also by leaving students with a good experience with a Christian. Because um, there's often sometimes even hurt that's been associated um, with a lot of our students. Um, Sometimes we'd walk away from a conversation, though, and I'd kind of wonder if we even made an impact. I'd be standing there, and the body language that I just left was left me thinking, I don't know if anything went in right now. (laughs) Um, We had a mission strip come from Canada, though, in the month of May. Um, And God reminded me there that he is working, even though we can't always see it. Um, So one of the students that came in May had the opportunity to talk to someone that I had talked to at some point during my year. Um, And the student who I had talked to had spent weeks thinking about our conversation afterwards and even talked to her mom about our conversation. Um, So I was just really encouraged and reminded um, that it's moments like that where we need to have faith in the unseen rather than the seen. And to truly believe that God is working in hearts and he uses conversations even if we don't get to see the results of them. Um, As I mentioned, we also wanted to be an encouragement to the Christian students that were already involved. Um, So we were in a pioneering stage. Agape, um, our power to change, has only been in Denmark for a couple of years now. Um, And so we wanted to help pioneer. We wanted to get more Christian students involved with our ministry. Um, And we also wanted to be an encouragement to those students that we already had involved Um, So some of our students, a struggle that a lot of our Christians experienced, was that within Danish society, um, it's considered immature to believe in God. Why would you believe in that? That's a childish thing to do. Or as unintelligent. How could you believe in God when there's science? And so we were trying to just be a support to our Christian students, to encourage them to keep believing and to keep hold to their faith. And we also were hoping to find more leaders as well, which we did succeed in. We found a couple more leaders, um, and I'm excited to see where the ministry goes, even though I'm back home now. Um, I wanted to take a minute to share some of my friends with you. These are different students that have been involved at some point during the year. Um, Some of them, a lot of them, are Danish, some of them are international students. Um, One of my friends is from Iceland, another one from Austria. Faroe Islands, um, and then many Danes as well. Um, And I wanted to take a minute to personally, well, as personal as I can be, because they're currently in Denmark and we're in Canada, um, introduce you to a couple of my friends. Um, So the first friend on the left, her name is Clarissa. Um, I met Clarissa on her campus back in the fall. Um, She's studying to be a doctor and is actually the same friend who showed me this lab with body parts and formaldehyde that I will never probably go see again, but it was great for a one-time opportunity. (laughs) Um, I approached her on our campus um, and introduced myself and asked if if she had a few minutes to talk with me, um, to tell me a little bit about Danish culture and faith and life, Um, and she said yes. I sat down and we started talking, and a friendship was born. Um, She found it so interesting that I would go talking uh, to people about faith and life something that is extremely taboo in Danish society. Um, you don't talk about life and faith. It was actually very strange because they had an election while we were in Denmark, and our students were talking to each other about who they had voted for at our weekly meeting, which was so normal, but then to talk about God is a whole other thing, um, which I found very interesting in comparison to Canadian society. Um, so she said yes, she thought it was so interesting for me to come talk to her, so much so that when she said she couldn't believe I was doing it, I was like, okay, this is my chance, I'll ask if she wants to meet again. Um, and sure enough, she said yes, and we started meeting on a bi-weekly basis. Um, she would ask me hard questions, like, do I believe that all these students in her cafeteria are going to hell? She would ask me questions about God, um, I would ask her questions about why she, belie- why she celebrates Christmas when she says she's an atheist. Um, all these things, and we were able to have really deep, meaningful conversations. Um, But I think one of the most meaningful days was when she let me pray for her. Um, So my friend Clarissa um, is studying to be a doctor, but this past term she was on a placement. And while she was on her placement, she started suffering with anxiety and feeling really overwhelmed with her decision, Um, so much so that she was doubting if she should even continue with her schooling. Um, So we were talking in April, and I asked her, I was like, oh, like have you come to a decision? Do you know what you want to do? And she's like, I just don't know. Like, I feel so overwhelmed and burdened by this. I don't know what I should do. Um, So I asked her if I could pray for her. And I could tell she was really skeptical and asked me, am I going to pray out loud? I said, well, to pray, you don't have to pray out loud. You can pray in your head or you can write down your prayers. Uh, But because I'm going to be praying for you, I'd like to pray out loud. Um, She said yes. And I prayed a simple prayer asking God to fill her with wisdom and discernment, um, that she would experience peace in his love. Um, And when I opened my eyes, she was in tears. Um, I brought Kleenex up here for a reason. (laughs) She was in tears and so touched that I would take the time to pray with her. And I was just really touched that God would use me in that moment to touch my friend's life, someone who probably doesn't have anyone else who knows Jesus. The next friend I want to introduce you to is Olivia. So Olivia was one of our student leaders coming into the year. She actually um, is the reason I came, or chose to go to Denmark, because she was the only girl, and I'm not okay with leaving girls alone, (laughs) women power. (laughs) Um, So she was our only female leader, and it was amazing to be able to journey with her over this past year. Um, to see her excitement for Jesus grow, to see her passion for helping her friends know Jesus. And throughout the year, she's finishing her bachelor's. Um, and in Denmark, it's very common to do a bachelor's and a master's back-to-back. Um, but she really wanted to take a year off to do a work, to do some work. Um, So originally her plan at the beginning of the year was to do an internship uh, at an architecture firm, which is what she's studying. And then partway through the year she'd switched to, she wanted to go to Greenland on this other exciting opportunity with a Christian organization. I was like, that's awesome. And then by May she had decided to do a national internship with Agape in Denmark. Um, So God answered our prayers and we have our very first Danish intern this year. Um, A Dane serving a Dane. Um, and helping Danes discover Jesus, which is what we really wanted. Um, I am honored that God would give me the opportunity to go somewhere, um, but we know that it's nationals who are better at reaching their own people. Um, they know the culture better, everything. So I'm really honored that God would use our team um, to help her to see what um, to help her grow in her faith with Jesus, and then to want to serve her own country for a year. Um, so I'm excited. Um, Although I'm not going back to Copenhagen this year, which is bittersweet, as you probably know if you've talked to me, um, I'm excited for what God will continue to do. As I mentioned, we have four student leaders and one national intern this year, um, and Agape is now a registered organization with Denmark within Denmark, which it wasn't when we started this year. Um, so another huge answer to prayer. Um, I praise God for what he's doing in Copenhagen, how he'll continue to move in and through the lives of our students. Um, And other Christians within the city, it was an honor to be able to not just work within Agape, but to have a good church community that was wanting to reach their Danes for Jesus. Um, Yeah, and I wanted to say, um, it's like a false ending right now saying thank you in the middle, but (laughs) I wanted to say thank you um, for praying and for giving financially. It's made a difference in the lives of Danish students that will continue on even though we're not there. Um, Olivia is now doing an internship, and I don't think if we had been there for this year, she would actually be doing it. Um, And I don't know if our student leaders would be as excited as they are, knowing that they have the resources to be able to help their friends and family um, discover Jesus. Um, So, what's next for me? Um, As you may have heard, I have decided to go to Montreal for a year um, to do an internship with Power to Change Students, um, which is Agape in Europe, Power to Change is in Canada. Um, and I realize I should have said this at the beginning, um, but Power to Change Students is formerly Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, so that's like the stream of uh, ministry. So I'm sorry for telling you now, but now you know. <laughs> um, so similar to Denmark, Montreal was never on my radar as a place to go. And yet for the last several months, God has been growing my heart uh, for the city that actually also happens to have my favorite hockey team. So I figure God's been preparing this for me for years. <laughs> um, like much of Western Europe, Quebec is a postmodern society which has rejected its Christian heritage. Um, and if we're honest, that's really just the way all of Canada is going to. But I think Quebec is even more so. Um, in the case of Quebec, uh, during the 1960s, there was the Quiet Revolution, um, and That that was the time when Quebec went from predominantly being Catholic um, to being very secular. Um, A statistic that I have, which surprised me, um, is in a report from 2013. It stated that 99.3% of the population in Quebec has never had the chance to hear the gospel And so when I was looking this up, I studied history, so math isn't my strong suit, but I did do it. (laughs) And that's about eight million people who have never heard the gospel within Canada. And as people in Ottawa, that's actually just like a half hour drive from us. Um, And so I'm excited to be able to go and share the gospel with university students there. Um, It'll be challenging at times, There's a lot of resentment and tension um, for the Catholic Church specifically, but I think for Christianity as a whole, um, which means that getting to talk to students and getting them to see the difference between religion and a personal relationship with Jesus can be hard. Um, But I look forward to seeing how God uses my time in Denmark um, to help help me have these conversations with students here in Canada. Um, So as a national intern, um, that's my official title, um, I'm excited to join a team of five staff serving at Concordia University and some of the English Sejep campuses. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I unfortunately don't know what Sejep stands for, but it's a type of school between high school and university. Um, so the difference is you can go to a Sejep and it could prepare you for university, or you can go to Sejep and then graduate and then you're now in the workforce. Um, So it's a strategic school in and of itself to have a presence because sometimes students that we're talking to there we wouldn't have the chance to to talk to later on um, because they won't be going to university. Um, Lord willing, I'll be moving to Montreal August 19th, um, and I will be there till the end of April of 2019. Um, I'll be doing much of the same work as I did last year. I'll be talking to students on campus. I'll be discipling Christian women. Um, and I'm excited to join in with what God's doing within our own country. Um, Montreal's often been described as um, the Western Europe of Canada, Um, and I find it interesting and just exciting that God would combine two of my passions, um, Canada and Western Europe, um, and allow me the chance to serve him just two hours from my hometown. Um, So the last little bit, I I just want to share with you some of the things God's been teaching me. Um, and this part, I cried like several times within, so I'm just going to be honest. It could be a little roughier, but it'll be good. <laughs> um, so there's three major things I think God's been teaching me over the last, um, I'll say year, ten months. Um, God's taught me that he's good, and he sees me where I am. <sighs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, We had two teams come from Canada while I was in Denmark. They were um, a one-week trip, and a team that came for the month of May. And um, the February team, I knew that some of my friends were coming from Ottawa, um, but none of them were born and raised like I was. So they were students who had moved into the city um, for university. Um, And so I knew that while I could talk to them about Ottawa, I wouldn't really have anyone who would understand North Gore life or driving to Kempville for lower gas prices, or all those fun things that as Northcore people we get to experience. Um, but it turned out that one of the students from another campus in Southern Ontario had grown up in Osgoode. And when we started talking, We talked about lower gas prices in Kempville. She was telling me about how Starbucks had opened up, and I was like, oh, it's already open. I knew they were building one. We talked about the Red Dot and the pub here in North Gore. And in that moment, I felt so seen and loved by God that he would bring someone from just 15 minutes from where I grew up for a week, so that while I was abroad, I could talk to people about things that I actually knew. Um, both my teammates, I love them, they're wonderful, but they're from Toronto. So <laughs> you, you can't really talk about rural life with them, because they just don't understand. <laughs> um, so I was just so touched, and I just want to encourage you and remind you that God, God sees you, and he does deeply love you, um, and he's good. And I know it doesn't always feel like it, and I'll share about that in a little bit but he does care about us. And he cares about even those little details, like having someone from Osgood come to Denmark for a week while I'm living there for 10 months um, so that I could talk about North Gore. Um, the next thing he's been teaching me um, is that he'll always love me however I may be feeling towards him. Um, and I don't think we're honest enough in the church sometimes about this, Um, Over the last year, I've been a Christian for a lot of my life, but over the last year, I've struggled with feeling disappointed, anger, and frustrated towards God like I've never experienced before. And there were immense joy, joyous moments while I was in Denmark. And there were also times where I wondered if he was even listening to me. Um, And I think the part that I've been struggling with even more at times is seeing God answer all these prayers but then having prayers like someone coming to know Jesus or some other prayer not answered that I know is good, how do you believe that God is good when he's not hearing you? Um, So here's something that I've had to come to terms with this year. In those hard moments, God cares more about sanctifying us, making us more like Jesus than he does about our comfort. And it doesn't make it easier knowing this, um, at least it doesn't for me. <laughs> but it helps in some ways. Um, and as I was re- preparing for this and that I had that epiphany, um, God brought this to mind. Um, Jesus didn't want to die. Um, right before he's betrayed, in Geth- Gethsemane, Gethse- oh, I had practiced this Gethsemane? Gethse- Gethse- there we go. <laughs> um, he says his prayer. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And so it's in those moments where um, we can be honest with God. Jesus was honest. He didn't want to die. He was like, God, if you can do actually anything else, that would be great. Um, but I want your will to be done. Um, and so I just want to encourage you this morning, if there are moments or things in your life where you just, you feel so, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but maybe you know how you feel, <laughs> but if you feel so torn and you feel, God, like I just don't, I'm, you're scared to be honest with God about how you're feeling, you don't need to be. Last summer I was extremely angry at God. I was impatient with how long it was taking me to get all my preparations ready for Denmark. And I remember a friend just telling me, Sarah, you don't need to be like, just tell God you're angry. Like you can tell God you're frustrated and that's fine. Like He's not gonna stop loving you. He's not gonna say, Oh, I'm sorry, Sarah, you like that's it. No, God's a father who loves us and we can go to him with honesty. Um, so whatever circumstance you're feeling that you can't go to him for, I want you to know you can. You can be honest with God and tell him your frustrations and your sadness or your impatience, and that doesn't change his love for you. Um, the other thing, the last thing that God's taught me is that he will, be, he will always be faithful to complete what he started Um, It just might not look like how you want it, and it might not be in the timing you want, but he will always complete it. Um, So, if you had the chance to interact with me last summer, I was support raising and finding people to help give financially, give prayer support, all these things as I made preparations to go. Um, It took a lot longer than I was hoping for. I ended up actually flying two weeks later than my two teammates. Um, And it was in those moments where I was experiencing the anger and the frustration. But God was faithful. Um, And there was actually two um, areas of scripture that if we had more time, I would read fully, but they're full chapters, so it's like their own sermon, really, in and of themselves. Um, But I would encourage you, um, Romans 4 and Romans 5, and Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12... Um, are both faith books, that, chapters, sorry, that have encouraged me over the last um, year. Um, so Romans 4 and Roman, Hebrews 11 are the faith chapters, and they share examples of faith with us. And then the following chapters are our, the spur-us-on moments um, that are meant to help encourage us. Um, so the first verse I want to read is Romans 4. Um, Romans 4, 17 to 18, and I'm sorry for the sizing. I didn't think that one through. Um, That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. Abraham believed in the God who raises the dead back to life um, and kept hoping even when there was no reason to hope. And I mean, I wasn't Abraham. I don't know what he thought. But if God had promised me to be the father of many nations, I would assume that there would probably be a lot of kids involved and not when I'm like over 100. (laughs) And yet that wasn't God's plan. But Abraham kept hoping and kept believing and kept persevering. Um, and so I want to encourage you and just help you to think: Where do you need that kind of faith that God will fulfill His promises to you? Um, is there a dead situation that you need Him to bring back to life? And is there something that you can be praying that He'll create new things out of? The other one I wanted to read um, is Hebrews 11: um, 32 to 12: 2. Um, and so the the rest of Hebrews 11 before this point. Um, The key phrase is, it was by faith. Um, So all throughout the chapter, it just says, it was by faith that this happened. It was by faith that. Um, And like I said, if we had more time, I'd read them all, but I can't. So I'll just read this part. One second. Okay. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of the fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning, some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And I think the hard part about that is we hear all these things of great faith, and then we have actually that like second half where in the perfect world I wouldn't read it because Christianity is great. But we have to be honest that actually sometimes things don't go the way we want Um, sometimes someone's not healed sometimes a prayer's not answered the way we want or in the timing we want Um, but that doesn't mean we stop hoping it doesn't mean we stop believing that God is good Um, or that he's faithful to us what does it mean means we keep our eyes on jesus and we persevere it means that we ask god to give us a heart that believes he is good in those hard moments and honestly that's i've had to do that sometimes we say god no i know you're good and i don't see how you are right now but i still choose to trust you in this moment even though it's hard um yeah but even in the areas of my life and there are a few where I wonder what he's doing or why I'm still waiting I'm reminded that following Jesus is worth it and I can trust and believe that one day he will make things right so now it's your turn I made a little well I didn't make a map, I got it from Google (laughs) yay for Google my hope and prayer is that through the stories you've heard, you've been encouraged that God is working around the world and He is working within our own country. I pray that in some way God's met you here this morning. Um, thank you for coming. It's been an honor to share with you what God is doing in Copenhagen. Um, I hope you will go boldly into our community and you will share about Jesus. I hope after learning or hearing maybe about the engagement model for the first time, you'll consider where your friends are on that model and how you can be praying for them to take one step closer to knowing Jesus personally. And maybe that's as simple as inviting a neighbor over for dinner and becoming their friend and seeing where God leads you to lead them. I hope that in the moments where you need to be encouraged, God's spoken to you this morning, Um, And I'm going to end by reading Hebrews 12 again um, because I think that's really what we need to do. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus um, to keep going and persevere. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor, beside God's throne.